0: Hello there, lovely listeners. You are in the room with George and Steve for another episode of the podcast. George, old pal, old buddy. I haven't seen you in a while, but you're over in Copenhagen. How are you?
1: The United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, Germany, Saint Martin, Colombia, the Russian Federation.
0: Sorry, mate. What are, you doing? what are you doing there?
1: Brazil, India, Mexico, France, Spain, Poland, Ireland, Sweden, Puerto Rico, Thailand, Israel, Dominican yes. Republic... He's just listing countries now. The UAE, the Czech Republic, South Africa, Netherlands, Hungary, Vietnam, Malaysia, Romania, Lebanon, Denmark, Portugal, Singapore, Saudi Arabia, Indonesia, Italy, Japan. I could go on. Shall I go on? What's my doing, Steve?
0: What are you doing, George? What, what, what unites all of those disparate list of countries you
1: just... just say. They are the countries in which our our noble listeners reside, Steve. I was was rattling through the statistics that we have and was positively blown away by the diversity in which our listeners come to us and all the different places they come to us from. Hong Kong, Steve, Jordan, Philippines, Sri Lanka, Argentina, Greece, Austria, Finland, the Islamic Republic of Iran, Slovenia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Egypt and Switzerland. And that's, that's me capping it at 50. Well, that's,
0: that's the world tour list sorted. <laughs> <laughs> if we just popped all of those, we know, we know we've got an audience.
1: Magic. Thank you all very much for listening. It's really, um, it's quite, yeah, overpowering to know that you're all out there across across the globe.
0: Yeah, the idea someone's just in Egypt right now, maybe just <laughs> listening to this, is gives you a good warm feeling, doesn't it? It certainly does. It
1: makes me think how relatable our content actually is. But um.
0: what? Um, which of those countries, just off the of top of your head, George, which one are you most jonesing
1: to visit? Oh, right that's, that's a lovely question. Probably Japan. Right. Uh, how many did we have in
0: Japan? How many listeners? Seven. Okay, well, seven of you want to meet up, (laughs) George and me will do do a little Japan trip. Um, Probably will be a lot out of pocket for that. (laughs) Probably won't make that back on the trip, but um, yeah, what a time. Uh, Pressing the flash. Yeah, it's lovely that so many of you can listen from so many places, and we are very grateful for it. And today, George, we're going to be talking... About talking, very um, matter. Yeah, uh, we wanted to do an episode about conversation, and specifically, this will be a chance for us to hold ourselves up to a light and look at the kind of things that bother us as well. Uh, I want to talk about conversational habits, certain things that are frustrating in conversation, um, ways we can be a lot more interesting. Um, and charismatic, uh, because I think conversation is, well, I don't know to put it, I don't know how to put it any more than that. It's just such a, I don't know, what is it, George?
1: Cornerstone it's, to life. Yeah, just the, the necessity of humanity. It's a necessity of being part of a social community, right?
0: Yeah, and it's you know, there's there's we're always looking at many different habits of things we actually do in our lives, but. I think there's habits in what we say and how we approach certain situations and I think particularly this thing of you know the let's let's start at the beginning when you when you have let's say you're going on a date or you're meeting new people or you're at a party there's a kind of default our mind goes to and conversationally maybe for example my my issue I've dealt with a lot in my life is being an introvert and I find what happens let's say with introverts is they'll often have a lot of excuses and in some ways there's been this widespread acceptance now of introverts in a certain way a promotion of introverts if you like but I think we have to be careful about identifying with these labels because they can make us lazy as well and they can make us think that well I'm an introvert and I just don't I I only like who I like, or I find it hard to get interested in things unless I'm really passionate about them. And I don't think, I think none of us have that excuse. I think all of us can be, being interesting in conversation is not some inherent talent that some people have and some people don't. It's like the
1: bare minimum of acceptable, of acceptable to my mind. Yeah.
0: and, And I think people think they have to be charismatic. I think that's the crux of this episode that I, I want to bring up is that people think they have to be charismatic to be a good conversationalist. And I think actually just a good conversationalist can just be a case of having good manners. Um, being interesting is not some special talent. I think it's something you can do with specific techniques or losing certain bad habits. Um, what do you find, George? Do you find people in general, how how do you find a sort of level of Conversation you come up with in your daily life. Do you
1: find yourself frustrated? Well, I mean, I'm currently in Denmark, and I don't have any idea what anyone's saying most of the time. So it's, it's a very specific uh, set of circumstances where I'm sort of stood here looking at my feet, not knowing what's going on. But if if everyone's speaking English, then i i i do uh, i do operate at a different level. Um, I think what you said there, something that kind of sprung up for me, is a bit of a rule really is like if you can't be interesting then what you can be is interested and the thing that i just that drives me insane in conversation almost in any circumstance any scenario is people just not asking questions or showing any sort of reciprocity with the way a conversation is going oh god yeah particularly when you're meeting new people and often when you're meeting new people through someone else there's there's often quite a, quite a sort of lazy willingness to just go all oh, right this is who I am and that's it and I'll tell you who it is but you don't need you know I don't care who you are and it's it's, it's sort of shocking to me especially when there is the the kind of elephant in the room of I just asked you what do you do but you've not at least at the most tokenistic level replied with, okay, and what do you do? You know, you just have to repeat back the question that was asked of you to sort of maintain a conversation. But it's, it is shocking sometimes that people are just not willing to, to engage or communicate or just, they just sort of show a level of disdain by not doing so, just being, being happy enough to go, yeah, that's me. And then sort of turn, turn away is, is quite a, quite a common problem I think I've seen it in lots of circumstances but yeah for me that's kind of a rule that I try I don't know if I'm consciously aware of it there's something I've I've been mindful of in the past is just it's very easy to keep a conversation going just ask people questions and people are always always happy to talk about themselves you know if you're worried that you're just going to flounder and have nothing to say the easiest thing to do is ask people questions the social contract is that there's an obligation on them to reply in kind. And I think you can very quickly weed out nice people and good people from the not so good by their limitations or lack of effort in replying in kind. I think it is a really great test of, you know, how willing someone is to make you feel comfortable or engaged or involved. Yeah,
0: I, I a hundred percent agree with this one. And I find, um, yeah exactly that when people don't even do the modicum of you know when you realize you realize you've talked about someone else's job for about 15 minutes <laughs> yeah you realize they they i, I even i'm not going to name any names george but i even have long-term let friends okay let's say people who used to be much closer friends who are more acquaintances now or you know those occasional you see them you know a few times a year friends but They literally, you'll realize you'll sit in a conversation for 20 minutes and talk about all their news and their job and what's going on. And they don't, they don't even fire back. Like there's no modicum of interest they show in what you're up to. It's like, you haven't seen them in six months and they're like, like, so what's actually, what's going on with you? And even if they do it, what, even if they do it once as a, a sort of like cursory, oh, I better ask that they won't. They don't probe with any follow up, any no. like how is that how is that going for you? Are you enjoying it? What do you think you'll do with that? What do you think? Where do you think you'll go next? They don't follow up with anything because basically they've done it as a passing. Oh, I better just say that once now, and then when you've answered, they just go, "All oh, right."
1: Well, I mean, it's it's super easy to ask questions, but I think it can be difficult if you if you operate in a very specific world right like you work in i don't know banking let's just say that for as an example like it's hot. it takes some energy to show interest in someone's life if if theirs is very different from yours now it doesn't take much, you know it's sort of basic courtesy and decency to do so but i imagine a lot of it comes from just a lack like a lack of a lack of energy to to probe into a world that just doesn't have any bearing on their own and that in of itself is quite a tragic thing but the idea that you would just talk about work exclusively is also it's such a fallback I think if if you don't really have too much else going on it's just easy to say well this is what I do in my job and I'm just going to tell you because it comes with like a sort of level of of importance or status but I I couldn't really care less you know it's it's just like every, everyone has to work and do a job and do something. So, good conversation should ideally come from, you know, oh yeah, where have you been on holiday, or whatever. Like those slightly more trite but interesting things to open up these avenues that are just that bit more than what did your boss make you do at work today. Um, but yeah, having, having the energy to do that is surely like the most basic obligation of social interaction.
0: Yeah, and I, I think um, I think you can – if someone does something completely different from me that I don't know a lot about, I either go into complete learning mode mm. where I just ask I, – I try not to assume anything. I try not to kind of suddenly play at their level, but I almost say, you know, what's something people don't usually what's, – what's something – what's a big misconception about your job or what's something um, – really good I could read that would get me into, you know, I don't know if you're a physicist or something it'd be like, what's, what's the most exciting thing going on in your field right now? You know, these kind of things you can, you can at least get a kind of, you're really just, just asking around the topic, like broad strokes, but you can get them to at least talk about what they're passionate about, even if you don't fully understand the inner workings of it. But I find, um, I find another thing on that subject that people do is people do try and um, some people do try and assume more knowledge or opinion than they actually warrant than they should have. And this is something on dates, actually, George, that I've seen uh, people do with me that really frustrates me. And it's when it's when someone will ask you about your career or what you do And I think I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's a personality type. But instead of going into what I do when I ask someone about something they do, especially if I'm on a date, or or it's, you know, I've just met someone at a party, I go into super like, I want to be impressed by what they do. And I want to encourage and show like, oh, that's something you spend a lot of your time doing. Like, tell me about that. That's so exciting. Well, oh, you work in fashion, like, What, what, what designers do you like? What, um, you know, what's your kind of dream position in that whatever, but I, 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 and and if they're say running their own business, I'll talk about what's really impressive about that and show like, wow, that that's incredible discipline or that's amazing. You had that vision and went and did that independently, but I notice other people will often try and almost, almost debate you or compete with you. In a way where they they go straight into sort of opinionated mode. So, for example, with my my job, obviously as part of my work um, writing, I write dating advice, and I'm part of a company where I help make products that are linked around dating and lifestyle advice. And sometimes, what someone will instantly do is either either they'll assume to know exactly what you do and have a strong opinion on it, or they will go into Debating you about the things you actually talk about, for example, yeah. and and I don't think that's specific to that job. I think someone would do that with a banker as well. If they had yeah. a specific opinion on investment banking, they might go into uh, debating the merits or not merits of the financial system and their. Yeah, strong- you, you
1: will cause the credit crunch, right?
0: That's yeah, 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 and strong and strong, strong views like that, and I think that. That is, I find that incredibly off-putting.
1: The idea—it's just the question that that follows from that—is what's an like what's the best that's going to happen there if if the goal is maintaining a conversation over a period of time or getting to know something a bit better or you know developing or building a relationship either on your behalf or on the behalf of a a kind of a mutual friend or common friend or whatever. Then, yeah, doing something inflammatory that kind of closes down or shuts. Or gets their back up. It's just such a stupid approach to take.
0: Yeah, and try. Yeah, it's even you're even raising their defense, and now they think I have to justify myself to you why I'm an investment banker and why it's okay, which is exhausting anyway. Right? If you get some common opinion about your work, and you think, oh, okay, this person's already put me on the back foot, but it's it's also like I think people are afraid to just show like my i someone i know who does this really well a friend of ours like she's great at showing encouraging she's like encouraging complimentary about whatever anyone's doing and it's in such a it's not in a phony way it's in a really sort of infectious like you know she'll be very effusive with with praising what you've done well or saying Wow, that's so smart, or that that's so brave that you're doing that, or wow, I love that you're taking that chance, or whatever it is. I, I just think that enthusiasm and excitement and interest is really infectious. Cause then when I if I feel someone else is saying that to me, it it makes me see them as more interesting and in that moment. It makes me feel interesting around them, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. if someone shows interest in what you do you feel interesting. And I think that's a big part of being a good conversationalist is making other people feel more interesting and more smart when you're around. So sometimes I'll realize when I'm talking about something that I'm not hitting the mark, say, with what someone's into, but I'll bring it round to something. I'll start probing them more and see what they're into. And, you know, me and you are big readers, George. And and by the way, reading is an incredible tool for your conversation because you get to talk on many things. Um, But I'll then realize, yo, you know what they're talking about uh, movies a lot. So I'll bring it around to like, you know, or or let's say they're talking about something more esoteric. So if I think, Oh, they're they're, they're really into big data. They're a data analyst. I'll say, Oh, have you, you know, there's this really good book I read on data analysis recently. Have you got that one? And if they don't, I'll be like, um, Oh, I'll send you a recommendation. I'll send you that because it's really good. And, you know, talk about, or talk about one concept within that book about data analysis and ask what their opinion is on a a trend in their field. So if you like, if you just even touch on something a tiny bit, just uh, don't offer your expertise on it, but almost ask their opinion on it. That's my rule. It's like, if I spoke to a psychologist I would ask them about things in thinking fast and slow. I wouldn't start lecturing them yeah about of course thinking yeah fast and. Slow. Go, what do you think of that idea of a loss aversion in thinking fast and slow and, and ask about that and it's it's then just like they're going to now be the expert and
1: yeah i up. I've noticed that happen a lot. I think if someone's got a fairly esoteric, I think you know if you're in the quite privileged position of I guess being around a lot of people that are doing a PhD that kind of thing you're often meeting people with a really esoteric interest I don't at all share the depth of knowledge in any way with 99% of those people but if you have some overlap with oh well I read a book that touches on that subject often people are just very flattered that you've got some sort of commonality in in your interest and have shown some willing and that you know sort of then inspires them to reply in kind but just that Yeah, either replying as an expert on something that you're not an expert on or just showing zero interest whatsoever is just a complete recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. People want to be able to, yeah, it's nice to be able to be a bit of the expert for a, even for like a few minutes in your field and um, educate someone. Uh, And I found, you know, I used to definitely have this tendency to not, I didn't ever assume I knew everything, but it was more like I I would be dismissive of what other people could teach me about what they know. And, and I realized that if you actually try harder and dig more, people have a field. Most people who are doing something in life have some kind of knowledge set that you might find quite interesting and you'll find some nuggets there. You know, I, I've got parents, friends, who've worked in banking their whole life and I've never actually... I realized like over the last couple of years is like i've never actually you know that guy's been like a top trader at one of the big banks in london for 30 years and i've never asked him about you know just his views on certain things in the stock market and what his advice is and stuff and and when i started asking them questions more you could see them completely open up in a different way and i've known these people since i was a kid Mm. but you just realize like you know So, and they they don't even have to be that impressive. It could just be someone who has a job, but you've never actually probed into what they're doing. And yeah, it's like just with the art of questions about asking why someone does something a certain way or, you know, just get a little more detail, ask for a little more detail and, and you'll find like, wow, I didn't know they knew all those, all those things. Um, yeah. So I think that's one thing, um, and just to turn to another thing, the, the idea of disagreeing, George, what's your opinion on... Because I think there's a good way and a bad way to disagree in an early conversation. And I think coming back to that issue of being overly aggressive or combative, I think, I think when something... Let's say you're talking about your opinions on the latest movie and you got like three people around the table who really liked it. I think... You then, if you're the one person, and I think you're a bit better than this than I am, George. But I'll feel like uh, I don't. I don't know if I want to come rain on the parade and I'll say I really yeah. hated it. Yeah. But I think there is an art to. If you disagree, I think people will respect you and enjoy the fact you say your opinion. But I think you need to. You need to come up. You need to explain yourself. I think you can't just go with like I thought it was crap. I thought it was, I, I think it's rubbish it's like that director's total rubbish that film sucks I think you need if you come at it with like you know yeah I I think that part was good or I think like you know I think it was shot really beautifully but I think the story was just flat and slow and it didn't really you know if you give a bit more detail I think people then give you oh he's not just being a party pooper killjoy there you know are a contrarian he's kind of got a view on it
1: Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I often find myself being in the minority, I think maybe because of my cynicism, but particularly with films, I often don't enjoy a film that is usually a bit more widely received. And yeah, there's obviously that, (laughs) you you need to read the room as well. Like if five other people go, oh yeah, we all loved it. You don't want to go, you don't either, maybe conversationally in the long run, it's best to fall on your sword, maybe particularly earlier, in a relationship or if you're meeting people for the first time, if you're in a situation where you're a bit more comfortable with people, of course, but you can be more forthcoming, but yeah, I, I think if you're ever doing that, you have to make some sort of some concessions or at least don't, um, don't take a contrary, contrary position that also comes with like a sense of superiority. Cause if it's just, well, look, my preference is this, I enjoyed how this was done, but for my taste, I really don't enjoy that. You're not raining on anyone else's parade, and you're sort of showing reflection, I suppose. If yeah, like you say, if it's all they're all crap. That's it's just not constructive for a conversation. Um, And I think that by also sort of divulging that you're willing to reflect on the reasons why, you're kind of letting people know that you're not judging yeah. them. You're 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 sharing a very human and separate interpretation on a piece of outside content you're not saying i think you're an idiot you're saying i don't like this film for this reason
0: yeah and you can even you know you know that old improv rule you say yes and not no yeah like no shuts down things i think you can even take it let's say everyone around the room was talking about a disney movies they loved and you're you're just not at all into disney movies you can like you could be like, um, which isn't me, by the way. I'm,
1: well, it sounds like you've been spying on me, to be honest, because that's the right. scenario I've found myself in repeatedly.
0: Right. Well, I, I'm very much into the Disney movies, and
1: I'm, that's why you're an idiot.
0: You know, I think like you could, you could be, uh, you could say, you know, say say it came. Someone asked you or something. You, you could even just be like, oh um my parents like never showed us disney films when we were kids so i never got yeah. into them but we did what you know you could be like but they always showed us blah 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 instead which i really loved and, and then you've you at least you've put something a marker out there of something you do like and people can even be like oh yeah i like that or yeah you know so. it's like oh you've not just been like no nah, i hate them and then it's just there's a complete shutdown there because it's like where do people go with that um if you've just kind of stepped on what they were enthusiastic about so I think you can then just show just redirect your enthusiasm to something else
1: yeah for sure Uh, I think I don't know there is a difficulty potentially with if you're mindful that you do I don't know you listen to more music than someone else does and then they're sharing their opinion and you feel maybe fairly informed on the subject that can be difficult but if you know that that's the case then if the goal is to have a positive and ongoing conversation, don't bring that up, you know, like sort of show, just show what show willing is, I guess, the under, underlying message that we're putting across here. I think like show willing to having the conversation be constructive and do that however best possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing, George
0: is Bringing the conversation back to yourself all the time. Now, this is an interesting one because I I find this one is, is probably one of the most universal, but there are people who are very good at not doing that. But But it's one that probably a lot of people now struggle with in this sort of culture of you being the center of constantly the center of your world. But I it's something that if I, when I do it, you know, say we're talking and someone mentions someone's talking about their own life and they're talking about a problem they struggled with. And let's say I immediately identify with it. And then my instinct is I have that problem as well. Um, let me tell you a story about, You know, let me tell you what happened to me and how that relates. And I think anytime I do that, I do go, I instantly feel kind of ashamed and kind of, kind of disgusted that it's like, uh, I turned that around to be about me when they were sharing something, you know, it's like, it's like, I immediately robbed that, that opinion of them and made it my own and said, well, this is where I struggle with that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It has a personal resonance for me that one, just because I think it's so.
1: Yeah, probably I think that's a time. That's a timing issue, isn't it? As much as anything, like if someone's being forthcoming and maybe sharing a scenario, then I guess the best case of replying in kind with something similar is to at least let them, you know, say their piece and have what they have to say, and so that you've not kind of interjected or cut them short, and then to maintain the conversation, there's that, oh, well, you know, I can actually relate to that because rather than, oh, yeah, yeah, this is the same for me, listen to my story. Yeah, I it's think, about the timing, it's The right? timing and that conversations, obviously, it's like a, it's a back and forth, and I think a lot of the things we're touching on are things that just really hinder effective and well-flowing back and forth, either not offering anything back at all, not giving someone else the opportunity, because I think there's that, um, like, no – no one wants to be I don't think like generally people don't want to be perceived as being like really outspoken and forthcoming and just kind of laying it all on the table but obviously those things have to happen to be able to have a good conversation so it's like being the partner in the conversation is as important as being the person with the content to divulge so yeah you're just constantly giving them giving them a space to do their thing and then having something to reply back with that is kind of it's is the nature of a good conversation, right? So if you do have a, sh- a shared um, moment or reflection, obviously, you know, if <laughs> it needs to be kind of equal as well, right? It can't be, oh, but my dad died yesterday. And you go, oh, yeah, my rabbit died yesterday. You know, it needs to be like, yeah, it needs to be comparable. But the person going first almost needs the floor to at least get it out there. And then I think you're okay to reply.
0: Yeah. Um, my friend, uh, my friend Mike, if he's listening, is really good at that. Um, he uh, he's got a really good way of letting you. If you come to in with a problem or something's going on, he'll he'll completely let you have the floor for as long as you need, and ask you know l- ask progressive questions to kind of dig deeper to it. Of like how how is that making you feeling? Like why you know why do you think it annoys you in that way or whatever it is? And it it lets you. It's just letting someone have like you say that emotional space to express themselves and not feel like because often people will say the first thing but you might need to ask a couple more questions to get them to even feel comfortable to open up even more mm. um and if you immediately shout in with a story of why it relates to you you're kind of robbing yourself and them of that yeah. and um i think because i I, <laughs> I come from a family of very opinionated people and uh, we all kind of you know sometimes at a dinner table we're all kind of like we very much like to like hold the floor and like say what our view is and we'll have these debates we get into debates really easy, easily that we enjoy but we get into them and and it's like everyone is sort of interrupting each other and finding their moment to say things and I I think that's probably where I've picked up that habit from at times is feeling that I need to now get my opinion in quickly and uh you know, or, or I need to quickly tell a story about, you know, why this relates to me. But I thought, I, yeah, I, I think that it, I guess there's some shade of some shade of egoistic or narcissistic behavior in that. But I, uh, I think it's so important to, I think that's probably one of my most important things with your friends. Maybe this is different with people you've just met, but particularly with people you're close to and your friends, just really resisting the urge to, um, turn the conversation back to yourself again mm. and your stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you can do it for a long time and it's very, it makes people very, it makes you just less excited to even see or, or hang out with that person. Cause you know, like it's going to be about them for the next three hours. You know, I'm not really <laughs> sure, going <yeah>. you know, <laughs> really to be able to talk about anything that I'm interested in or is going on with me. Cause they don't care.
1: Um, I think some, like you mentioned friends that are even family, I suppose what I think is kind of funny about the nature of the conversation and having great conversations is sort of a tool to building great relationships. And frankly, like a really great measure of a great relationship is, the, I mean, just like friends, not not necessarily romantic relationships, is that you can sit in silence and not converse with someone. And that's really the product of being able to converse with someone really well for a long time. You know, like you'd feel super uncomfortable being silent with someone you've just met, and yeah. striving with all that you can to just keep the conversation going. But I mean, dare I say, you and I could sit in the same room and not say anything for ages, and feel very comfortable about that. Um, and yeah, that is kind of a product of knowing, yeah, you've shown me kind of due interest. I've shown you due interest. We share the same opinions, or we can disagree about things, but not rub each other up the wrong way about that. And you know, therefore I'm happy to just be in your space. It's just, it's a funny one that, yeah, I think a real measure of people being comfortable together is the ability to not be conversing, but you have to go through so many stages of conversation to get to that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I, uh, just another note on that, on the um, showing interest thing. I think, um, especially, sorry, on people you're close to, I think with people you're close to as well, if you can if you can actually note down like people you're close to, you're going to see the things they're doing in their spare time that they're really interested in. And, you know, I've got friends and family who have started a blog or their own independent projects on social media, or they're doing, um, you know, they're doing some body transformation or whatever it is. There's different things that they're spending their time on. And you're, well, your, like colleagues. I have, I have colleagues who have like, written their own novels and done you know they're doing interesting things but because I'm in a remote company I don't see that a lot and it's just sometimes it's just going I've been watching that thing they've been doing passively for the last six months but you know I should ask them like oh how's it going how do you how do you do that you know my younger brother does is doing like painting and stuff someone could easily have observed that online for the last six months but if then they actually see him at a party and talk about how he got into painting and what he's doing and what kit he uses and etc. It's like, that's going to make him light up. So it's just sometimes as well, just paying attention. Um, yeah. I yeah, think with the people sure. around you, the more you pay attention, the better conversations you're going to have and you're going to, they're going to enjoy getting to talk about stuff with you. You know, a yeah. couple of people, George have asked me about this podcast who have been following us and then they'll say, oh, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. Or, you know, they'll ask me about what we're doing and how we're doing it. And it's just please, like... Oh, please,
1: please okay. stop doing that
0: podcast. That's what's- <laughs> Do you have to keep doing that podcast? <laughs> um, yeah, and it's fun. It's fun when people are paying attention to what you're doing. So, yeah, I mm. think that's
1: a good thing. But on the top, on the kind of a, a build-up on the bringing it back to yourself, another thing that does cause a lot of, of animosity, I think, is like story-topping. I think that's, it's just such a terrible trait and a terrible habit. And again, like what, what do you want? You want everyone to think you're the best when you do that. It's kind of a really strange, like what is the motive behind that? Yeah. It's a, it's a very kind of childish approach to holding a conversation with someone. I think it's should be avoided at all costs.
0: Yeah. That, um, I used that example in one video with my brother once where he talked about how I don't know if this is what you mean by it, but when someone will say they went to China mm-hmm. over the last, like they went to China this year and then someone else will immediately go, oh, I went, to, I spent two years in China. Um, where did you, did you go to blah, blah. And it's like, you know, maybe that person will go, oh no, I didn't. And I go, oh, you should have gone, you should go to blah, blah. It's yeah.
1: so good.
0: And it's like, well, that that's fine. You've got more experience of it. But that person was trying to sort of share their thing.
1: Yeah. And the, the way to do that would just be go, Oh great. You were in China. Where did you go? And then yeah. talk about those things, but going, Oh, I was there and I did this amazing trip here. You should have done that. If you didn't do that, you didn't see the real China. It's like, well, that's, that's a terrible way to do it. Right. But kind of, if you've got sort of something great up your sleeve, like hold it back and just drip it out appropriately almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going kind of using that language of should or whatever as well. It's just, it's not, not helpful. I think in in keeping a conversation flowing. So, oh, okay, I didn't do something correctly for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you think of this, George? You're you're a man who I don't know. I don't want to describe you as a stoic man, but you're not. (laughs) You're not a man who wears his heart on his sleeve. Let's say. What do you think about vulnerability as being part of good conversation? Do you think that has a place, like sharing? you know sharing your vulnerabilities or your failures or struggles does that does
1: that help you connect to people depends who you're trying depends who you're talking to doesn't it like if you're in starbucks i don't think you want to hear it (laughs) the guy making your coffee just more just because it's like well it sounds like you need some help but i am not the person to give it to you um yeah there's Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that i think being very open and you have to judge this is the thing that sort of prefaces all of these interactions but a you need to pick the appropriate relationship and space for that conversation but if someone's showing signs of being amenable to it and you feel comfortable talking to them then i don't see that as a problem
0: yeah Uh, you don't want to be at a party and someone starts mentioning (laughs) yeah it's like that person who you think
1: you're at a party man like you're not you don't you're not supposed to like bring We like difficulties and annoyances and uh stresses. Um, yeah, there, there so is there is a social code, right? And it's like read the room. um I, I don't know something I've sort of noticed from my girlfriend when she meets up with her friends. It's like they are literally there to exchange emotional vulnerabilities with each other. <laughs> That's their mo. Um, what kind
0: of what kind of stuff? What to say? Like what their problems are, or to yeah, say
1: just you know, oh how's it going? Oh you're having a hard time at work. Oh tell me about that, and I'll be. A, shoulder for crime kind of thing like it's sort of offering that up and it's not i don't know maybe it's a gendered thing i don't know it's like i don't know what the the root cause is of that it's um it's like that's the correct environment for it right like one or two yeah. one or a small group of close friends being able to do that and giving each other the platform to do so whereas if you're yeah at a party or talking to the guy driving the uber it's maybe not you know it's like
0: if he starts telling you about his bitter divorce and
1: (laughs) yeah it's like what where's it going to go whereas if you know you're with your best friend something construct you know if there's actually some sort of vulnerability that needs to be vulnerability that needs to be addressed but an issue that you need help with or if those people are kind of coming to you and i know they're being earnest when they say oh is there anything up like how can i help you know there's certain people who when they say that don't actually mean it um so when you know that that is being expressed in a sincere way, then absolutely share, share and share alike.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um that brings us to another interesting one, which is complaining. Um, you know, just negativity in general. I think it's you know, I, I don't I don't think you have to be like the positivity police or everyone has to be positive, but I think as I more and more nowadays I, I find myself um, and I'm not talking about scenarios with your friends where you're talking about your problems, that's completely different. But when it's people who you don't know very well who go to a negative place quickly or are or a, or a complaining or, a, or like cynicism, just even like just, just unwarranted cynicism, I, I just find, uh, or even let's say they go to immediate, you know, their way of getting on is it is to immediately go on the offensive and start like trying to crack jokes about you or trying to, you know, that's their way of getting on. I just, I find like I have less and less, less and less tolerance for it. I just think like, Oh, I know the, I know this game and I just don't, I don't want to be involved in it. Like, I just can't, I just can't be bothered. Like I got better things to do. And you know, if someone's immediately going to quite a cynical, you know, trying to be above it all thing, I just think like, Oh, you go do that in the corner and, I'm going to go and talk to some people because I, I find I find now it's just I'm more interested in curiosity and that than anything else. It's just you know I I my way of enjoying parties and things nowadays is just to be curious about everyone, and even if I talk to two people for half the night, it's just if I'm curious and interested in what's going on I, I just focus on that I don't focus on I've got to look cool or these people are phony and these people are not and what I think of that like I just don't care about all that stuff um, so I find when I find if I find someone who's just complaining about it I think like why don't you just go home like <laughs> yeah. or, or just uh, you know why why bother um, yeah is that harsh George like no you know, I, you know, I agree little... with that I mean
1: like I do think there is a sort of social contract that that sort of goes against and it's not fair on other people being sucked into it. Um, and yeah, if they're not enjoying it, what's the point, I suppose? Don't bring other people down. Um, I don't I don't think that's harsh. I think, again, there's a time and a place for it, but if someone sort of, yeah. it's. I think a lot of the things we're talking about when you're meeting people for the first or for the first few times and talking then and kind of building up that initial rapport and it's just not constructive is it like if it's all about just just sort of learning a bit about each other and just keeping a positive conversation going for a while then sort of relentless sort of being a relentless downer isn't going to help i think the other one that sort of fits into that category often at parties is like people are really like blokey and, you know, just like we grab, like, yeah, yeah. grab, grab someone by the balls like oi, oi, and all this sort of stuff. It's like, Oh, oh that just makes people really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. It's I find that exhausting. Needing to sort of assert, assert your sort of yourself to other people. It's like, oh, I just don't care. But like, yeah, it's not, I don't think what I assume that must just come from a place of insecurity, right? It's not, um, it's not like I'm going to. go, Oh, I loved meeting that big bloke who grabbed me by the bollocks and made me feel really small. Wasn't that a great experience? Like you know, <laughs> you know, it's like what's the mo behind that? What's their what's their purpose? And I think it's it's certainly not. Oh, I want to have a constructive conversation. It's just this is who I am, and that's what I'm going to do. And that's not really the the contract that people are in when they're sort of out and just speaking to pass the time. You know
0: yeah just the whole like when you get to a certain age as well just the sort of trying to trying to be the biggest player in the room or the show off or like the yeah. per, you know trying to win against other people is just yeah. extreme it's like how are you still doing this
1: play? it's kind of terrible now but I, well, I don't think it's terrible i think it's sort of a great justice but i like i am starting to just in that sort of very passive british way just slightly calling people out on that kind of stuff now with it <laughs> maybe just a slightly yeah a like that would be a slightly cynical just sort of comment or oh oh good kind of mention or um you know especially particularly with the not being asked questions i think that's something that more and more i'm kind of I want to flag up that like you've not done any anything to make this easier, so thanks for that um so, I don't know people need to be told that they're, they're they're really not helping themselves
0: yeah yeah um i uh uh just to just uh sort of talk about personal thing on this um yeah i I find that It's just more and more now. I just want to have, I I don't know, I want to be pickier about, well, I am picky. I am picky about my interactions and who I choose to bother with. And I don't, I definitely think being a good conversationalist and the stuff we're talking about here is not saying that you have to, you know, there are people who it's frankly probably not worth making an effort with. And it's not, they're not serving you being in their presence. So it's kind of, you know, I think you can, I, I, cause I find, I find I am someone who I need energy to socialize. And so what I do is I protect that energy a lot. I try not mm. to waste it. Basically I try not to waste it on events or people or things that I think this is going to drain my social energy and I'm not yeah. even gonna particularly have a good time. So if I'm, if I'm feeling in that negative crappy place, or even if I'm just feeling in a really unsociable place. I'll just, like, leave and go home and think this isn't... I used to stick things out thinking that it was worth me being there even if I was in just a negative, bad mood. Yeah. Um, I realise now, like, I'll just go and come... Like, I'll just do it another day when I've got good energy to bring
1: yeah um, i think i'm gonna do that awful thing of bringing that back to myself but on the um on the last po- one of the previous podcasts we talked about like mistakes we made and one of them for me was like not really saying yes about enough stuff and i got into the habit of saying yes and like going to more things but you go into like, maybe a party that you didn't want to go to or had not intended to go to and you kind of it takes a, it does take a lot of energy to even like walk through the door and if then the first conversation you're met with is just like Oh yeah that's my job you know it's like it just sucks all that all that goodwill and energy that you had you'd managed to kind of muster up it's sort of like you owe it to other people you don't know why they're there or their motive or what they're doing you know it's sort of you owe it to someone to to have a good conversation with them so that they can at least you know keep keep their spirits up especially you know in those sorts of environments like sort of ostensibly it's purely a social that's what people are at a party for, right? To talk to other people. You know, there might be a greater end at the end of that. But you know, the conversation is the thing that you're there for. So, like, do it, do it well, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any uh, any top tips for circulating a party, George? Just sort of What propose. you like
1: circulating the room? You mean?
0: If you, you if you if you're in a conversation, it's going. It's going pretty good, but now you're ready to sort of move to another person.
1: How do you? Well, I think I think the great the great cop out is always oh, I need to go to the bathroom, and then <laughs> use that as a way out, and then a way back into someone else. I think you know if you're <laughs> really trapped, that's a great one. Um, or I'm going to go and oh, I'm going to go and refresh my drink. Yeah, drink. exactly right. Dep- and again, context wise, it depends if you're hosting a party or if you're a guest and you're kind of tethered to the person's brought you along. There's obviously a million different social scenarios, but I think just say that's <laughs> that it's the Alan Partridge like right? It's like, oh, I'm bored of talking to you, I'm gonna go and talk to someone else kind of thing. You obviously can't. I mean, it depends how obnoxious the person that's talking to is, but generally it's you know, I think everyone's aware when a conversation's kind of coming to a natural lull, particularly if they're not asking you anything back, you're not obligated to prop them up for the rest of the evening. But I think it's just a kind of natural energy when you do know when I'm just going to, you know, Hey, great. And I'm going to go mingle over here now. I don't think that's a a problem. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if you show someone you're willing to leave and there'll be much, you know, (laughs) everyone's scared of a clinger. So if you show someone you're, you're (laughs) willing to move on, it's like, Oh good. This person's not going to trap me for half a night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, let's. Uh, do you want to do some recommendations and close this one out? I think we've
1: covered a good. Yeah, I think I think that's what we're going to have to do. Um, um, mine are fairly hastily cobbled together, but I don't. I don't, don't think that'll be a problem.
0: Um, well, let's start with a little song. I've got um, I've got a song. You know, we've talked a lot about parties, George. When the atmosphere is very frothy, and so. When's the best time to have a chat? It's Happy Hour by the House <laughs> by the House Martins. Great um, stuff! Just a good song about you think you're with your mates in a pub and you're going to go meet them and have a big night out. And Fat Boy Slim's on that, isn't he?
1: Is he? Yeah, he was. Uh, Norman Cook was a member of the House Martins. Well, there you go. Mm. Um, so Happy Hour, it's a jolly song. Lovely. My uh, my song is also a kind of. Jolly, jangly, slightly lo-fi song by a kind of contemporary American indie band called Real Estate. The song is called Talking Backwards and it's about miscommunication.
0: Ah, talking backwards. Okay, just popping this down. Um, uh, lovely. Uh, movie, George. I've got a movie that's all about two people having conversation about life and love and their views on the world it is Richard Linklater's Before Sunrise, uh, which is Ethan Hawke and I can't remember the female actor's name, um, but they're basically just walking along, having a chat, getting to know each other and falling in love. Is and it Julie? I've tri-
1: not seen them. Is it Julie Delphi? Trilogy? Um, Julie.
0: My Google is going slow. Yeah, so I can't, yes, Delphine. it is. Yes, it's yeah. Julie Delphi. You've is that back. the um, one you
1: said, is that the first of the trilogy, sorry?
0: That's the first of the trilogy, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, just two characters talking, pretty much. So. Is
1: it just them, the whole way through?
0: Uh, pretty much.
1: It's just like a day together. Does the, does the dialogue feel natural?
0: Well, I have to watch it again because I watched it years ago and I okay. can't remember much. But yes, it's mostly like, it's minimalistic plot and kind of quite naturalistic
1: naturalistic style as Richard Linklater does Nice, mine um, (laughs) I guess a very different tone but I think super kind of naturalistic dialogue and I guess because a lot of it is improvised among a group of very like-minded and very talented people, it's the film Spinal Tap Um, it's just, you know, it's like an absolute classic but the kind of improvised dialogue and their ability to just keep these conversations going down incredibly funny tangents and not just completely break down with laughter is in of itself very impressive but they feel very real very well drawn characters um and i think it's just the interactions that they have together makes that work really well
0: Mm, very nice um and for a book i have a very very on the nose book um because it actually has some of the just most practical advice for having good conversations i've seen it's called how to talk to anyone 92 little tricks for big success in relationships and it's by Leil lounders i'm gonna pronounce that leil lounders how
1: to talk to anyone
0: uh yeah just just actually practical and useful
1: so. great stuff i mean my book choice is the least on the nose um, it's a novel called True History of the Kelly Gang by Peter Carey it won the Booker Prize in 2000, 2001 around then um, and I pick it purely because it's uh, it's about Ned Kelly the Australian kind of bushman and outback I don't know upstart, I don't know what the correct terminology would be uh, but it's written almost entirely in the vernacular of the time and it's I would say the first chapter or so it kind of it sucks you in it takes a while for that kind of dialogue to register with you but once you get into the register of that dialogue it's incredible how it keeps up the conversations and it's written from diaries and letters and yeah the way he yeah it's an amazing piece of writing to be able to maintain the conversations in sort of the dead vernacular that yeah is yeah it's um the ability to penetrate that world I think is incredible and a real a mark of a very talented writer. Cracking. Um
0: well we'll add those to the shelf. Um all right. Um we've given you a bit of a rambling one today. Uh, probably a bit less structured than usual. We kind of just just uh skipped and flowed, as it were. Um but uh
1: thank you for joining
0: us. Uh is there anything you want to say before we leave, George?
1: no oh you said oh there is something actually steve you said i'm going to add them to the shelf what shelf are you referring to
0: well george upon one of our listeners uh listeners requests made a good read shelf of all the books we've mentioned on the show so far um where can we share that george can Uh, i share share that on my twitter we it's basically a nice
1: summation of all the books we've been recommending yeah pop it on the twitter i think we can pop it pop the link on the soundcloud page as well
0: yeah we'll put the link on the soundcloud page and uh if you follow me at Stephen h Hussey on twitter i will also put the link uh
1: in a just, tweet just proof really of the the incredible lengths will go for just the single whim of a single listener absolutely please, uh, please continue <laughs> please continue to take advantage of that
0: yeah, I mean all our fans in Japan, Egypt, Malaysia, please keep tuning in. Um and uh
1: yeah, thank you for joining us. Cheers guys. Bye-bye.